0: This is the balancing act by security compass your guide to going fast while staying safe in today's digital world
1: hello everybody and welcome today to our podcast our guest speaker is ihan ihan welcome hi aldous
0: thanks for having me
1: i appreciate that so ihan uh today what i'd like us to do is talk about threat modeling and the minute we we talk about threat modeling Many times the focus is on producing artifacts around data flow diagrams that are specific to the context that we're dealing with. And we tend to produce these things uh, uniquely each time. Uh, So can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing in terms of threat modeling and the challenges of our traditional way of doing threat modeling compared to the rapid delivery cycles that we're facing today? First, when you
0: look at the threat modeling, right, The purpose of the threat modeling is uh, to, to identify the threats and then think about how to mitigate them, right? Uh, you try to identify the design and architecture weak spots uh, so that the threat actors can exploit by using you know the, the various techniques and tactics. Uh, you you need to sort of mend them, right? And if you just correct these uh, weak spots or flaws earlier then you're not only reducing the attack surface of whatever you are building, but also you are just reducing the long-term cost of building and maintaining that uh, system, right? Uh, We know that uh, building a software or system requires a collective effort from many, many stakeholders. You have your business people, You have architects, designers, developers, testers, uh, then comes to the security, privacy, risk teams, and uh, operational and support teams are there as well, and many, many more, right? So it's a team effort. So if you are giving the threat modeling task to only one group, such as your either security teams or architecture group, then your threat modeling activities will not be scalable. Right. Plus, it will not produce the desired outcome because there's only one group that is just ahead of this, uh, trying to, to, kind of to the, uh, you know, uh, structure this. By confining threat modeling to, to only one group, so you are missing a golden opportunity to, to build your uh, security of our culture over there. Right? The security culture is extremely important. Uh, you are not promoting security understanding across your whole team. And you're not making security everyone's responsibility. And also, you're not leveraging their skill set as well. Because those individuals, those groups, uh, just to have some very, very valuable skill set, you're not using that an opportunity lost over there, right? This is one of the, the, uh, the big mistakes that the organizations are doing, not involving everyone over there, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, and the excuse, there's always an excuse. Uh, I hear you saying, hold on, uh, we are short on personnel and our people are busy. It is impossible to bring all these stakeholders together and, uh, you know, perform a threat modeling. Well, also impossible only means that you haven't found the solution yet, right? upon a time people thought it was impossible to go to the moon or other planets, but it is possible now, right? So if you don't mind, let's discuss how we can turn this Mission Impossible threat modeling into a practical activity, which is scalable, and you can integrate this into the, the organization's fabric as well, right?
1: Wonderful. So let's uh, let's go uh, ahead and talk yeah. about that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And everything starts with
0: people uh, of, of us, right? Uh, the uh, if you look at the, the threat modeling, the, the outcomes of the threat modeling should be meaningful, and it should provide value to, to stakeholders. One typical just a sign of a low-value outcome of a threat modeling, altas is that it does not influence any decision further down the line of the process, right? Whether it's just the DevOps that you are kind of following or the Agile or the Waterfall. So if nothing ever is changed in the design or if you are not creating any new test cases or if you are not adding any controls, so what are you gaining then in this case from the threat modeling? You need to first identify how threat modeling outcomes will help stakeholders to do their jobs better. For example, uh, can we use the threat modeling to drive security requirements for our uh, business analysts? Can we involve them into the kind of just the you know the, the uh, security uh, just to the posture enhancement? Or can we create abuse cases for design activities and just to, you know work with our designers and architects to, to build them, right? to build the controls to prevent those things? Or can we use the threat modeling outcome so that we can provide the guidance to developers so that we are not going to actually get these 10,000 issues when we do a static or dynamic application security testing over there? Because we are not addressing the kind of the root cause, of course we are going to get those kind of just sort of vulnerabilities over there. Can we just sort of help them use this information to securely code or can we help create teams to, to perform the security testing right if we are creating the abuse cases and if we can translate this one to the, to the negative test cases over there right so that we can involve our creators the friends into the security testing or can we use the threat modeling to, to enable our risk management teams with the, the threat information so that they can make more informed decisions right from the, the risk analysis perspective or can we use the threat modeling to inform the governance and the audit teams on which controls should be verified and which metrics should be collected as well, right? So most of the organizations are not doing this. They are not just identifying their stakeholders. They are not leveraging their skill sets uh, from people's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And then comes the process, right? Uh, even if you bring those just to different stakeholders to the same table, they speak different languages. So you need to find a way to to open the communication doors between those stakeholders, right? Uh, You have to, and how do you do that? Uh, The the only feasible way of doing this, you have to provide them a platform where each stakeholder transparently makes contributions from the the threat modeling perspective. Because the best use of the threat modeling Uh, is to improve the security and privacy of the system, right, through the the early and also the the frequent analysis. And another mistake that I see, uh, threat modeling is not a one-and-done activity. If you only do threat modeling once, you will just have an expensive piece of documentation and nothing else, right? And because most of the value comes from changing the model and evolving it together when your system... uh, of to the changes, right? So, and also, if you are doing the, the frequent analysis, it's going to allow you to just to tackle small chunks without becoming overwhelmed, right? Uh, it also helps you to, to keep to the work in a time-limited fashion, which is, of course, essential, uh, very important for fitting into the modern software development practices like the edge Otherwise, if, you, if your threat modeling is taking, I don't know, three or four weeks, where uh, because your DevOps teams are going to the production in uh, three or four minutes. Of course, it's not going to be scalable over time, right? Uh, so, but basically, if the organizations are so performing threat modeling activities from the inception of the SDLC and they continue throughout the life cycle, they are on the right track. However, here, if, if they are doing this one just to, to, at the very beginning, with a very limited information, with a very just limited uh, resources, then it's not going to be just uh, uh, scalable and it's not going to be very, very helpful, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, my my suggestion, rather than creating and maintaining an exhaustive kind of threat model document over there, do the threat modeling little and often, right? And also involve everyone. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, uh, the, the trick here, you need to find a platform so that all the stakeholders can and can come to that platform and uh, easily and transparently can contribute to the threat modeling. Right? Uh, this is uh, one of the areas most organizations uh, give up uh, because they say, hey, these people do not talk to each other. Uh, but trust me, there is a way of just bringing different stakeholders into the same table and giving them just the same language that they can use and they can, uh, you know, perform the threat modeling. Mm-hmm. And then comes, uh, because we are talking about the scaling into you know, the DevOps or agile environments, right? Then you have to somehow automate some of the things to the threat modeling activities, right? Because Althas, you know that manual threat modeling requires extensive time and you, you need uh, extensive resources. Because you are going to map the data flow and build the attack trees over there, right? It, these are just uh, taking you know the, the days or weeks, and if it is taking days or weeks, it's not going to be financially practical for most of the organizations, right? So what you need to do is you have to carefully identify automation opportunities. And, of course, you have to implement them uh, so that it's going to help to make your threat modeling uh, a timely activity, right? It's not going to be a bottleneck over there, right? Uh, What can they do uh, from the automation perspective? Uh, Many things. For example, many organizations already subscribe to the threat intel sheet. Right, and they are getting somehow the automated vulnerability notifications. Right, they can just to feed this into their uh, threat modeling. Right, which is going to be a living document, by the way. It's not just one and done. Right, and this is going to improve the, the threat and vulnerability visibility uh, to the to the, their assets and. Directly contribute to the, the 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 quality of work that they are doing from the, the threat modeling activities, right? I don't know. Maybe that they, they can create the, the threat and defect repository again with this automation. They can get these uh, the, you know threats and threat actors, and they can feed this one into their centralized threat library, right? Uh, so that they can just uh, keep an up-to-date uh, database of threats and vulnerabilities. And then whenever there's a, just a, a piece of work that they're gonna use, that they can leverage this uh, information over there, right? Okay. Uh, and also that they can make this a bit continuous as well, right? Uh, as I mentioned, the threat models are living documents and uh, they are subject to revisions because uh, when you can really develop your software, more information is going to become available to you. So uh, the threat model might need to be updated based, based on the, the, this new information that you are getting. And not only your, your system is evolving, but also uh, new cybersecurity threats uh, that the attackers uh, employ or new variants or new types of attacks are kind of just emerging. You need to take this into consideration as well. Uh, that's why you, you need to constantly make this continuous uh, uh, modeling right uh these are just the, the challenges that i see but again i'll tell you, i mean uh, they can all be managed by working together employing the automation uh, you know just to opening the opening to the communication doors between these various stakeholders uh, are the, the key elements to, to make the track modeling scalable
1: wonderful Ihan. thank you very much uh, there's a lot of insight that you've provided in such a short period of time Everything from involving multiple stakeholders to speaking their language. Uh, many times we uh, try to speak only one language, like a data flow perspective, but there are other perspectives, risk and compliance, and other areas that you had brought up as well. And codifying this in some shareable platform that enables others to make informed decisions, for example, on the risk perspective, what might be the expense against a given asset, for example, based on criticality. Ihan, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for joining us today. Likewise. Take care, Althas. Bye.
0: Want to learn about what Security Compass has to offer? Check out securitycompass.com demo for a free demo today. Want more of The Balancing Act? Be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts for more episodes.